Points to Ponder by Nir Minusi. This podcast is made possible by our kind supporters over at Patreon. Parshat Vayigash, who's running the show? Everything is foreseen and permission is given. In the original Hebrew, Hakol Tzafui Ve'arashut Netuna. These four simple words contain one of religion's greatest paradoxes, that of foreknowledge, that is divine foreknowledge, God knowing in advance everything that's going to happen, versus free will, that is human free will, us having the agency to do as we wish. This topic sounds like some uh, abstract philosophical idea or debate, but really the questions that it raises touch the heart of our lives in very, very profound ways. Let's begin with explaining exactly what this expression means. The first part, everything is foreseen, hakol tzafui, means that God knows in advance everything that will happen. Every incident, every accident, every natural or supernatural event, every human action or failure to act, everything has already been foreseen by God in advance. In fact, God not only knows in advance what's going to happen, but it is Him who makes it happen. Everything comes from God. Everything is really God. The second half of the expression, permission is given, means that people are empowered to act out of free will. At any given crossroads in life, if a person decides to go right or left, to choose well or to choose ill, it is up to him or her. How do these two tenets go together? The key for deciphering this riddle lies in the simple fact that we don't know the future. The future is indeed foreseen, but only from the perspective of God, who, as it were, looks down upon the maze of space-time from above. For us, who are walking through the maze and don't know what's around the corner, it seems that there are a number of options at any given moment. We can turn at the next corner, we can continue straight, or we can backtrack all the while imagining how each choice will lead to a completely different future. In the end, we're bound to choose only one path, and that's the one God foresaw. But because we don't know which it is, we've no choice but to go through the process of deliberation, decision, and finally action. It is in this process that we actualize our God-given power of choice, despite the fact that we end up doing exactly what he had already wanted and planned in advance. What all this means is that everything that happens to us we need to see as taking place on two different independent levels. One level is the level of human choice, and the other level is the level of divine providence. This is especially challenging when bad things happen, and it is challenging both for the suffering party and for the person inflicting the wrongdoing. Let's examine what each Let's examine exactly what each side has to contend with. A person who has been wronged is perfectly poised to fall into what I call the pit of victimization and blame, a narrow, dark place in which we feel sorry for ourselves, are angry at others, and consequently are unable to move forward in any way. Although this is primarily an emotional experience, it's rooted in a certain outlook on reality, on a certain worldview, a worldview that acknowledges only the existence of human choice and does not acknowledge divine providence. 
In this case, everything is very simple. Someone hurt us, and everything wrong with our lives is their fault. There's no point in looking for meaning in what happened, to go soul-searching, or to take ethical stock of ourselves. We're the innocent victim, and the other is the evil victimizer. Period. Case closed. Nothing more to discuss. This experience changes drastically when we add the concept of divine providence. With that in mind, it turns out that the person who hurt us was, unconsciously, an emissary of God. God wanted us to undergo a certain negative experience for our good and chose that person to bring it about. The sages call this, a bad thing is brought about through a guilty person. In Hebrew, Megalgelin chova al chayav. When the heavenly powers want something bad to happen to someone, they choose a perpetrator who, independently and from their own volition, wants to perform that particular negative action. They then go on to marry the two. They turn the evildoer into the oblivious agent of a divine mission. The person who perfectly exemplifies this approach to life is Joseph. From the moment he's left by his brothers in the pit, he raises his eyes only to God. In every place that he finds himself, be it Potiphar's house, the prison, Pharaoh's palace, he tries to make the best of his circumstances. Later, he names his first son after the idea that God has caused me to forget all my toil and all my father's house. And then the second son he names after God has made me fruitful in the land of my affliction. Everything that happens to him, he attributes only to God. The pinnacle of this behavior is seen in the confrontation between Joseph and his brothers. After finally revealing his identity to them, Joseph emphasizes that, from his perspective, it wasn't them who sent him to Egypt. It was God. Quote, It was to preserve life that God sent me before you. Unquote. Another quote, God sent me before you to make for you a remnant in this land. Unquote. Another quote, and now you did not send me here, but God. The P comes in the next Parsha, when Joseph says, Indeed, you intended evil against me, but God designed it for good. Joseph has completely acquiesced himself to the concept that there are two levels to reality, the level of human choice and the level of divine providence. His brothers committed a serious sin, but they were also agents of God. They should repent for their deeds, but his personal accounting is not with them, but with God. His job is to ask God, what is the divine purpose of this new situation in which my brother's actions have left me? Thus, Joseph climbs out of the pit of victimization and blame and becomes the ruler and leader of his life. He transforms from being a victim to being a victor, the victor of his own destiny. Now, what about those who committed the wrong? In this case, Joseph's brothers. Should they also say to themselves, we can't be held accountable, we were just agents of God working on his behalf? Of course not. The two expressions we've quoted, permission is given, and through a guilty person, make it clear that a person who has sinned is responsible for their actions and must repent for them. At the same time, belief in divine providence can offer some solace to the sinner too. It can save them from a certain type of negative, destructive guilt whose sole purpose is to depress us and even to bury us alive. The sinner too can be saved 
And part of their salvation lies in the understanding that as bad as their sin was, it too, in some unfathomable way, was part of God's plan. This idea is reflected in Joseph's words to his brothers. But now do not be sad, and let it not trouble you that you sold me here, for it was to preserve life that God sent me before you. Loosely translated, what he said was, It's true, you've sinned, but now that you've repented, dry your tears. Everything, including your sin, was for the good. Point to ponder. When someone hurts us, we must make a clear distinction in our heads. That person behaved wrongly and will have to stand in judgment, whether before an earthly or a heavenly court. But beside this truth lies another one. Heaven intended this to happen, and it's for my own good. It was meant either to punish me for something, to purify me, or both. What's certain is that my process of rectification vis-a-vis what happened has nothing to do with the perpetrator of the wrongdoing. It's between me and God, which means that at root and in the long term, it's completely positive and good. May we all merit to look at the world through Joseph's good eyes, and in his merit have the words spoken about him be said about each one of us too. The Lord was with him, and whatever he did, the Lord made prosper in his hand. Hi, if you enjoyed this episode, please leave a like and subscribe. You may also consider becoming a supporter by going over to patreon.com slash nearmenusi. That's patreon.com slash nearmenusi. Thank you.